Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to another Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Mike Wood, and I have a very special guest today. I have Norm Lavulette. He is the author of The Art of Making Shit Up. Pardon my language, but Norm, that is a great eye-catching title. What is this book about? It is a book that will change your life, Mike, as you can tell by the title. I mean, it's really going to open the messages of the universe to you. What the book is, and obviously the art of making shit up, it's a bit of tongue in cheek, but it really comes from my career in comedy, improvisational comedy uh, specifically. Where the title kind of came from was whenever anybody would ask what I do, I can certainly be very serious and speak philosophically on it, or I can just say, eh, I make shit up for a living. And then it's usually a better conversation starter from there. And, and what it really does is it, it kind of covers our approach to creating both on stage and off, building teams with a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of my history and my career where I've come from here at Improv Asylum. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Improv Asylum. Uh, you're outside of Boston. You actually, people may recognize your name. You've been part of the Work Human Live conference for, I think you're going to go on four years now, but just tell us a little bit about yeah, the business and how it got started. Yeah. You know, so Improv Asylum, it's an improv and sketch comedy theater in the North End of Boston. We've been around now for 21 years. And, you know, we got started, you know, I was younger than I am today, <laughs> as you can do the math. And, you know, we got started with this idea of there wasn't any at the time when I was doing comedy, there wasn't any professional improv and sketch comedy theater here in Boston. There were smaller groups and we were one of them. We were performing at the Hard Rock Cafe on Clarendon Street over here in Boston on like Monday nights once a month. Look, it was no huge, great shakes. But on the other hand, we were getting pretty good audiences for what that would be. And a pretty good audience there would be selling out at 40. You know, it's not overstating the case. But even at that time, I and my partners at the time were very focused. And we're like, well, can we do more? Can we look to expand this, take more risk? We certainly know how to take risks on stage. How do you do more with this? And so we kind of took the same philosophy we use on stage, which is, you follow the scene, you say yes and, you take some chances, you look around. We happen to find this empty theater in the North End. The reason that it was empty was because the owner of the building had been stealing electricity off the buildings behind it for 20 years. <laughs> so it was good timing. And we went ahead and kind of followed it from there and leased the theater and signed on for about a, a little over a half a million dollars worth of a commitment. And this is coming from a guy who was 25, 26 years old and living in a pantry. So there was really no no huge markers to say that I was going to be a wild success. But, you know, you took the risk, and here we are 21 years later. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the great Steve Winwood, he says, if you take a chance, you'll make it. And I think that's what you've done. Well, if you take a chance, <laughs> you'll make it, or you'll take a chance, and you'll, you know, you'll burn and you'll, you'll crash. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's no guarantee to it. But even then, you know, I had the mentality then, which was, I just wanted, I looked at it this way. When I'm 40, I want to know. I want to know, did it work? Did it not work? I could live with either of the outcomes. What I wasn't interested in is being 40 and saying, I wonder what would have happened if. And that comes a lot from being able to face failure. So many of us can't, so many of us don't. And these are a lot of the things that I talk about in the book. 
So moving on in terms of, you know, moving beyond just the stage, I mean, the Improv Asylum, for those of you who aren't in Boston, has been very successful. It is a fun night out. It always changes because it's improv. But what do you do with businesses in terms of bringing those principles of improv to the workplace? Yeah. What we had kind of thought about even when we started the theater here is like, well, this is great. We can do this on stage and we start to get a certain amount of success. Yeah, we really wanted to focus and say, like, well, how do we expand what is essentially RIP? And RIP is being able to create as a team and pressurize environments, right? Because ultimately, when you come down to our theater in Boston and now in New York City, it's a basement theater. We're surrounded by 200 drunk people. They're drunk and they're yelling shit at us. So that's a hostile work environment. If that's happening at your place of work, go see HR. For us, that's our natural work environment. And so we looked at that and said, well, well, what else can we do with this? I mean, we teach actors, we have a training center, and we all came from corporate backgrounds. And we said, well, we think a lot of this is applicable and quite frankly, missing in the corporate world. So we kind of put together a program that was based out of how we train actors and students in improvisation, but far more focused on the practical business element of building uh, teams and ultimately cultures. So what that means is, you know, we took a lot of the real theatrical stuff out of it and more focused on the practicality of how do you listen to other people? Truly listen, right? Most people don't listen. They just wait to talk. And that's something very different. In improvisation, we're taught to listen first and really focus on the other person and build off of what you're hearing, not what you're thinking. And so we put all these exercises together that really get to the idea of like, well, how do teams work better together? How do they focus on each other? How do they build a bigger and better ideas? And how do they create healthy cultures where people want to listen to each other, where people are okay with taking appropriate risks? They're okay with failing. And so we put that together early on. And now, certainly, we love working at the Work Human Conferences. We have such a great time doing that. I get to do this now all around the world. I was just recently in China. I just got back from Bermuda two days ago. So it's pretty good, pretty good gig. That's fantastic. I mean, you traveling around the world and making people laugh is a dream for anybody. So let's talk about the book. Like, how did you get started in terms of, you know, trying to get a book out there? It's launched and tell us about it. Well, you know, I got into comedy and entertainment because I wanted to avoid hard work. And so what you quickly realize is you got to work incredibly hard to avoid hard work. And I've been doing that for a long time. And so many of our clients, so many people that we work with are always saying, oh, do you have anything? Is there a book? You know, you should write a book. And even the last time I was in China, that was one of the big you know, eye-opening moments for me was when I was working in Beijing and you're working with this completely different culture, you know, with interpreters and stuff like that. And they're like, well, do you have a book? Because we don't have any resources over here. So I'm like, damn, I got to get off my ass and stop being so lazy and, you know, think about writing a book. But really what it took was, for Wiley, uh, the publisher, they actually, they reached out to me. They reached out to me and, you know, they were familiar with my work in terms of what I do, speaking and the training and all that kind of stuff. And they reached out to me and they said, Hey, you know, would you ever consider writing a book? And for me, I'm like, all right, sure. If you would consider publishing a book I would write, then yes, I would. So they found me. And I think that there's a lesson there, right? Which is if you put yourself out and you start doing stuff, you attract eyes and ears and people to you, as opposed to going the opposite way. And this is how it worked for me and saying, I'm going to try to have a book idea and pitch that to everybody. So they found me and kind of came together. 
That's great. We actually work with a lot of kind of, I guess you would call them influencers in the industry. And these are people that have been on the ground on their own blogs or on their own networks, just advocating for change and advocating for, for better work environments. And that's how we identify a lot of our speakers for Work Human is that these people have already done the legwork and that we're going out to them to get involved in the kind of wave of positivity that they're creating. So where can people find the book? I think you mentioned Wiley, but if people want to get the book, where should they go? You can get it at uh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere where you can buy books online. I'm not a proud man. If you really need one, I'll come drive <laughs> it to your house. I don't, I don't care. I will. But what you're saying earlier too, right? It does make a difference. And it doesn't matter if it's comedy or entertainment or creating a positive work environment or a positive culture. This sense of, yeah, if you get out and you try to get good at whatever it is that you're doing, and you try to get really, really good and you commit to that, it's really interesting how people start to become drawn to you. There's a really great book by Steve Martin called Born Standing Up. It's one of my favorite books on comedy. And he talks, you know, about his career and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the things that he talks about, he's like, look, it applies to comedy. He's like, but he's like, get good. He's like, that's your only, only job is to get good. Younger people will come to him and even now they'll start to come to me. He's like, well, how do I get an agent? How do I get a manager? How do I get a book deal and all that stuff? And they're coming at it, I think, in a lot of ways, the wrong way. Your job is to get so undeniably good with your message, whatever your message is, doesn't have to be comedy, that eyes will find you. And that's kind of how it worked for me. Yeah, it's inbound marketing, essentially. And that's how musicians are discovered and people that are out on YouTube putting their stuff out there, they're found and opportunities will open. If you work hard and you care about what you do and you just keep plugging away, good things will happen. Yeah, and they will. And I think that the key is, it's never on the timeline that you want. You know, it's never fast enough and it's never on the timeline that you think it is. When you start, though, whatever it is that you're doing and you start working that positive way, you keep building the building blocks, the steps, the small gigs, the small meetings, the small arrangements so that when you have the privilege and it truly is to be invited to something you know, like the Work Human Conference, well, that's a gigantic honor and privilege to be a part of something like that. Well, that's built on the back of thousands and thousands of events for eight people and 10 people. And, you know, like I'm just as happy to do that nowadays as I am for, you know, a couple thousand. It doesn't make a difference to me. My attitude is if somebody's willing to talk to me about what I do or listen to what I have to say, hey, man, that's pretty flattering. So I'll talk and work with anybody. I'll even talk with you, Mike. Well, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, legwork that you got to put it in. You got to pay your dues by talking to people like me. I will let you know that I have taken an improv asylum class. I took the level one class in probably 2012. I absolutely loved it. I think improv, it just, I spent an hour each Saturday laughing with people. And I think that the principles there and being able to think on your feet and make something out of nothing. I loved it. So kudos to you and your team. It was a great time. Well, and even like you say, like, look, I'm glad and I can speak on a very high level in a deep way about improvisation and both the psychological theory and practical theory and how it works with teams and stuff like that. But let's throw all that out and never discount the fact that, man, if you can just laugh for a little while with people, that's invaluable, right? I mean, you're laughing. You're not thinking about anything else. You're letting stress. It's relief and it's huge. And even the way like, you know, I'm talking about, let's say, the training or the corporate training or the speaking that we do, it sounds kind of dry. A huge component to that is it's super funny and everybody's laughing. And the reason that's important is when everybody laughs, there's a strategy behind that. When people start laughing, they relax. When they relax, 
they're willing to maybe think a little bit differently or hear messages that maybe they would have been closed off to before. You know, there's very much a strategy to that laughter. And it just, hey, man, it feels good. They'd say, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And I would argue that it's probably penicillin. But, <laughs> you know, laughter is a good one, too. Yeah, if you had a choice, <laughs> if you had a choice between yeah, penicillin, I would go with penicillin. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank and you, laughter. Norm. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And everybody out there listening in podcast land, if you want to see Norm, please come to Work Human Live. It's going to be in San Antonio next May. Visit www.workhumanlive.com to find out all about it. But we are thrilled to have Norm back. And thank you for joining me today. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. Visit workhuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 